With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, folks. It is the Rocky Boyman Show here on 700 WLW. It's a pleasure, as always, to be with you. we got a full three hours tonight, folks. I'm excited, fired up tonight. Uh, we got a big show. We're going to start off with a very special guest, so let's get right to it. He is now currently driving back from Buffalo, back to his home in Tennessee. He's the former Jets head coach, former head coach with the Buffalo Bills, now newly anointed ESPN analyst, the one and only Rex Ryan. Rex, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good, man. We're rocking and rolling tonight. Uh, let me ask you this. As you're, you're driving back and you're reflecting on things in football and coaching and life, look, you've been a coach for 30 years, right? College and, and NFL. Right. You've been around the game your entire life. What's the single biggest thing you love about the game of football? I think first off, I, I think the people that play the game are special. You know, I think that's that that's probably what uh, I miss the most. You know, I've been around, you mentioned been around this game all my life and, and been around a lot of special guys. And, and I think that's, you know, that's it. You know, you miss the, you know, the camaraderie every day, all that type of stuff. And as far as the game, I miss teaching the game. I wasn't a great player by any means, but for me to play as far as I did, I had to be pretty smart around it. You know, I was blessed to be around some good teachers of the game. And I think that's what I gave my players, you know, just a, uh, a guy that really knows the game. Now, was there a moment, Coach, when you were young, you're around your dad, who's a Hall of Fame coach, your brothers in coaching. Was there a moment when you were young that you can look back on and say, that was the moment I knew I wanted to be a football coach? I think I was in English class, like in the ninth grade or something. <laughs> I realized that I wasn't going to be a great student. Uh, so I... But I really did. I, I think at an early age, I knew I wanted to be a coach. And the funny thing is, I used to drop defenses all the time. I would never drop offensive plays. I just drop defensive plays for whatever reason. I, I, it just that just was something that uh, that just you know came to me. Whether it was something you know because my dad had the success that he had, I'm not sure, but. That was something that, that I loved about the game, trying to X and O, trying to get to the quarterback. And I did it at an early age, and it just followed me all through my college days. And and then when my dad taught my brother and I, like, the 46 defense, then we thought we had the answers to everything. You know, we play mm-hmm. forty you know some of the 46 defenses against option football, which, of course, you shouldn't do. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff, but – but that was it, and, and it just, uh, you know, and then later in life having the chance to coach with our dad I think was uh, was really a great experience for us as well. Now, Rex, I know you're, you're very close to your dad. You, you look up to him a lot. Your dad, by the way, he fought in the Korean War, did he not? I mean, as, long, as far as yeah, also, also an NFL Hall of Fame head coach, also served in the military. What, what would you say, Rex, like it was the biggest thing – 
your dad gave to you throughout your life that I guess has made you who you are? I think the big thing, Rocky, was the support that he showed that he showed me all throughout my life, uh, even going to high school. Him and one other dad, a guy named Bud Abbott, I'll never forget. And ironically, but one of my best friends in high school was, was Chuck Abbott, his son. But those would be the only two dads and the only two people that would be at those high school baseball games. <laughs> so even then, in a different sport, he supported me. Uh, cool. But I think that was it. And then, obviously, he did teach. Uh, he did teach me uh, and, and my brother the forty-six defense. You know, the X and O's part of it. I think we surprised him on number one how quick we pick things up. And so, if there's anything, look, I'm dyslexic, so I, I struggled my whole life through school. Uh, all those, you know, I, I know I ended up later getting a master's degree and things. But it wasn't a straight line. I had to find a way to get it. Um, but one thing that that I could do, and it was you know at a super high level, was football. And I think that was that was it. I, I probably can't do anything else in life, but football was something that was you know that was it for me. And, and uh, you know, so there was. Uh, for for whatever reason, that was a real strength for me. Coach, when you were looking back, you you talked about the forty six defense and your and your your father inventing that. Do you remember any stories back then? Maybe when you were little, and maybe your dad came home and said, "Hey, I got this wild and crazy idea. We're going to load the box up up front, and we got this guy named Doug Plank, and he's going to be kind of our rover guy." Do you remember any, I guess, stories about how that defense was created? Well, we always, my brother and I, used to say for years that. Uh, we came up with this crazy defense <laughs> ourselves, and we showed our dad, and he liked it, and he called it the 46. But <laughs> nobody's buying that one. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the crazy thing about that 46 is that they couldn't get a pass rush. The Bears couldn't get a pass rush. And one thing my dad always believed in is, and he, and he learned this through Weed Eubank, who obviously is a Hall of Fame coach, and, and – Weave used to, to go in. He, he used to watch him around his team. And, you know, he had Joe Namus, the quarterback, had some great receivers. But forget about routes. The first thing Weave Eubank would do was protect the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then he would worry about the routes. And so my dad thought, you know what? If we think it's that important to protect the quarterback, I need to find a way to get to the quarterback. So that's really how it started. It actually started with five defensive linemen in the game. And that's kind of how he, he, you know, started, you know, messing with it. Then later, obviously, he changed the linebackers and things. But, uh, but it was strictly to get a pass rush. Then later, as the more he played it, the more he realized, hey, this is a pretty darn good run defense. Mm-hmm. In fact, he led the league in run defense several years uh, playing the 46. So, you know, that was kind of by accident. But really, it started off as just, just a way to get to the quarterback. It's so funny you say that because now, in football now, in 2017, everybody knows and kind of follows that philosophy. You know, hey, the number one thing in the draft is you got to have a quarterback, and the number the second priority is protecting the quarterback. So if the third most important thing must be someone who can get after the quarterback, but it's, it's funny, your dad kind of figured that out however many years ago. No, you're exactly right, and 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 you nail it. You hit it right on the head. Cause everybody wants a quarterback, then they want a pass rusher or a left tackle. That's where it starts, and you you better have that. Um, but yeah, it's 
I, I think you're exactly right. You got to find a way to get to this quarter. You know, to get to the quarterbacks. They're so talented. Some of these guys, they, even though people will sit back and say, "Oh, there's not that many quarterbacks in the league." No, no, there's there's not that many unbelievable quarterbacks like Tom Brady. But all these guys can play. All these guys are great quarterbacks. But um, you know, they're they might not be Tom Brady, but they're pretty darn good. <laughs> uh, but you better find a way to get to the quarterback or even the guys that you don't think are that level can carve you up. Rex Ryan joining us on the show here tonight. Uh, you were a head coach for eight years, uh, with, both with the Jets and the Bills. Um, share with us right now, Rex, maybe something. I, I know a head coaching job in the NFL is obviously a very, very tough position, but maybe what's the, behind the scenes one of the toughest parts about being an NFL head coach? I think the one of the toughest parts uh, about being a head coach is – all the other obligations you have. It's not just coaching the football team. It's doing the media every single day, your media obligations, um, doing travel, doing all these other type of administrative mm-hmm. uh, jobs, and also doing the business side of the football, uh, which may be contracts, maybe doing different things. So a lot of your time is set up that way. You don't necessarily get to do the – nuts and bolts of coaching that you would probably like to. I know when I first started with the Jets, I basically ran every single meeting, every defensive meeting, everything like that. But it was like, it was almost overwhelming. I mean, it was, you're not getting home until, uh, you know, one, two o'clock at least every single day, or you're sleeping in the office, you're doing different things. And after a while, you gotta, you gotta trust in the people that you hire and, Mm. And I think that's that's what you do. But as a, as you know, I just want to coach football, <laughs> and right. I think that you you realize that there's so much more to it being a head coach than maybe even realize. Rex, it's so funny you say that. I, I played for a lot of great coaches, but but one of them was Tony Dungy. And I remember, God, this is. 10, 12 years ago, asking him kind of that same similar question, and he gave it basically the same answer you did. He's like, you, you miss, you know, te- you don't get to coach as much when you're a head coach. He's like, well, you, what the hell are we doing here? I'm supposed to be coaching football, and now I'm worried about what meal we're going to have <laughs> in, the, in the hotel. He would actually, Rex, he would, every day, he coached the scout team defense, and he told me he did it to basically to quench his thirst to be a head coach. That's how much he kind of missed that aspect of it. It's very, very tough. Oh, I'm telling you, it really is. And you miss meetings. And and the funny thing is I, I had a lot of great coaches with me, real fortunate. Uh, and, and then it was, you know, you're watching them put in, like, your defense. You're watching them put in the offense or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> like, you miss doing it yourself. You right, know, right. for me, I love being the teacher. Uh, and, you know, I love, you know, I, I, I thought I could teach it well. So, I kind of missed that, and it was tough for me to give that up. You know, I'll, I'll never forget, I, I hired Mike Patton. He was with me for years. And, you know, really, really good football coach. And actually took him from the video department, then made it, you know, quality control, then outside linebackers, then he came with me as a defense coordinator. He's been with me forever. And I couldn't give it up. I, I couldn't give up the, you know, coaching defense, the mm-hmm. day-to-day part of it and after you know uh the first year i kept saying listen i'm gonna let you call the defense but you know i gotta lead the league in defense one more time (laughs) and then i'll let you coach (laughs) well 
we actually led the league in defense. We went from, I think, 21st in the league. My first year with the Jets, uh, I inherited that defense. And we went to number one. And I'm like, well, now we got one more year. <laughs> one more. Year. One more. Just then, one more. Give me one more, right? <laughs> and then finally, I would, I would say, okay, I'm going to coach third down. I'm going to coach this down. So I finally give it up or whatever. But it's, you know, it's. It's tough, especially when things aren't going well. Right, and yeah, you feel the need to, to jump in. in. That's exactly right. Yeah, no that, I mean, especially with with your history and how much, how long you've you've been around it. Uh, Rex, let me ask you this. I asked you this uh, when we were together, uh, what, two weeks ago for the Florida State spring game. I asked you who the, the – you've coached some amazing players. Best player you've ever been around or coached for whatever reason. Share with the listeners the answer to that question. Well, it's going to be the same one Marvin Lewis is going to give you. <laughs> yeah. And that's going to be Ray Lewis. And it's not close. Ray Lewis was without question the most ferocious competitor I've ever been around. And he was such a leader. And I mentioned Rocky to you before that. And it's strange. You know, I hear I'm his defense coordinator or whatever, coaching him. And he motivated me. Like I never mm. wanted to let him down. That's how because he and, and the thing about the thing about Ray is he was such a student of the game, but he had he he just man he just had the the entire team around him, and my gosh he was going to will it. And I think when he won the the second Super Bowl, he wasn't near the player he once was yet. He was still the same leader, and I think he willed that Raven team into winning that second Super Bowl, but. He was he was a guy that I just that you know not only that you know the the obvious how great a football player he was but it was the intangibles that he brought uh, to our team as well and and that's why I would say head and shoulders above any any player that I've ever coached and and, and you mentioned Rocky I've coached some great ones you know I had arguably the best corner in the history of the game in Deion Sanders mm-hmm. Darrell Revis at one time when I had him with the Jets was probably uh, might've had as good a season as any corners ever had. So I've had some good ones, had some great defense alignment through the years, but Ray Lewis, uh, without question, is the number one guy for me. It's funny you say that Rex, because even I think a lot of people, a lot of fans, they see Ray Lewis and they see those pregame speeches and they see all hyped up. He is. And they think it's kind of an act because you know, it, coach, a lot of that times that, that talk is a, is act is a lot of act from players, but every guy I talk to, from Derek Mason to Steve McNair, I'd say, hey, so what's this Ray Lewis? Is he really like that? And they say, yeah, man, this is not fake. This is no BS. This guy is really one thousand percent into the team and into being the best he can, being the best teammate he can. So I think it's pretty cool that when in a world where a lot of people are fake with that kind of stuff, that dude was genuine. Yeah, exactly right. And Rocky, you know as well as anybody, being a being a player and being a teammate of of, of some really good guys, you know when it's fake. Oh, hundred you know percent. Yeah, exactly. I like mean, here we go again know with this guy. Fake. Go with a player's fake. Like there, you can't, you can't, you you can't, you know, uh, uh, you know, get over on on uh, on players. The players know the truth. But that's it, and that's how genuine he really was. Now, look, I've been around some players that it's like, oh, would you just please sit down? You're <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Oh, shut oh, up! Right? <laughs> I'll, I'll never forget. We we had a quarterback one time that I won't mention his name, 
but there's a reason why Cincinnati never won a lot of games because he was one of their quarterbacks for years. And we picked him up with the uh, – we picked him up in Baltimore one time, and we're getting ready to play Pittsburgh. And he's all like, you know, just standing up talking and, and saying, hey, look, you know, they put their pants on the same way we do and all that. And clearly we're like, look, Nobody's afraid of this team except you. <laughs> You're the only so, one. You're going to talk us into being we're... scared. Yeah. Oh, it's like, <laughs> like dude, just be quiet. You don't need to talk to us. We're ready to play. We're ready to whip this, you know, whip this team. But I, you, we all knew that he wasn't. Right. And yeah. it was just one of those things like, oh, gosh, little, the rah-rah guy that, uh, you know, it just oh, it drives you crazy. And, you know, but you, I love it, and I'm sure as a player you would love it if, if the, you see that raw emotion, the real emotion from a guy that comes out, and you see it in a lot of different ways, you know, you, you see the the passion that that Ray speaks with. You see, even some guys get so emotional, they'll they'll have tears coming down, and it's mm-hmm. so genuine. Like that, that's some of the stuff that I really miss. And you know, seeing young men grow into becoming the players that you think they can, that potential, they realize potential. That's always great to see. And and, uh, and and also seeing guys go from maybe they're a little immature, but they grow. And, and uh, I think, you know, that that's also that, that's also great to see. And and, uh, you know, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great players and and uh, and, and seen a lot of guys grow into men. And and, uh, you know, that that's always a thrill for me. No question about it. Rex, we've got time for one more question. Uh, the, the draft is coming up, and, and a lot of fans out there, they see, okay, that we watch the college tape, and then, we okay, the combine's a factor, then some of the interviews. But for you, Rex, when, when you're in that war room and Roger Goodell says uh, the Buffalo Bills or yada yada is next on the clock, what are the one or two things that are top priority in drafting a player from your perspective? Well, I want to draft. I want to draft a real man. I want to. I want a guy that loves football, uh, loves his teammates, a great and and, and is not a uh, uh, you know a selfish player. He's self, you know, selfless. And I think that's something that I always look for. And sometimes I look at it this way, and I, I love everybody. Says, "Well, we're going to take the best player available." And there's some GMs that'll say it. There's some you know whoever these draft nicks, coaches whatever they missed the point it's it's not the it's not the best player available it, it's the best player for your team mm. and i think that's what it, you know that's what it is and and sometimes you see it and in these teams that are successful you see it over and over you know you're not going to draft a 4-3 uh will linebacker for a 3-4 team right. it makes no sense right. it makes no sense basically you're saying you know what forget the coach i'm going to let him He's going to get fired, and we'll have this player for whatever reason. It doesn't work, but I see it happen over and over. So when the thing's united, get the best get the best player for that team. And I think that's what works. I think that's what, what Baltimore understands. Uh, when you see them all the years that, that I was there for 10 years under, you know, Ozzie Newsom's leadership, and he understood that as well as anybody I've ever seen. You know, you see Belichick, the success he's had. Bill Parcells, those families right there. You know, is it any coincidence that Scott Pioli uh, is in Atlanta and you start to see some of their success? Um, you know, so I think, that, that, you know, they get it. Um, you know, and 
so we'll, we'll see how, how the thing goes. And, and obviously it's easy to say, well, this guy runs this, this kind of right. 40 or this guy's that strong, all that kind of jazz. But at the end of the day, what kind of person is he? How's he going to fit in your, uh, your locker room? Is he going to help create the culture that you're trying to get in your locker room? And I think sometimes those things are on, you know, you, you, they're, uh, you don't necessarily see them. But you got to know the player, and I think some of the the, the teams that, that really do a great job of that, they get it right, and they get the right player, not just necessarily the best player on paper. Very well said. Well, Coach, look, we, we really, really appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. Uh, I know you're going to be absolutely terrific as an analyst on ESPN, and I know we're all excited to watch you here coming up this, uh, this, this fall here, Coach. Thank you so much. All right, guys. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, we'll see you. Uh, the one and only Rex Ryan. All right. Ooh, how about that? Um, let's do this. Let's take a break since I'm way late. And then when we come back, we'll be joined by another big-time guest, and that is the one and only Mike LaRosa of LaRosa. Stick around, 700 WLW. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.